Hey there, friends. Thanks for tuning in to episode two After Buzz TV recap of Roadies. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. We all know this one. You've heard it a million times. Son of a preacher man. And it was delightful. Did you hear that? Billy Ray was a preacher's son. I thought that was a fine detail that they pulled out of this episode. I really enjoyed that. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, the AfterBuzz TV recap of episode two of Showtime's Roadies. I am your host, Tamara Brown. Uh, unfortunately or fortunately, I'm uh, flying solo tonight, so please bear with me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Brown Tamara, and you can also find me on Instagram at Tamara underscore blue. And you can also find me right here at the AfterBuzz TV recap of Roadies. Guys, episode two, here we go. Um, I have to say personally, I really liked this one. Uh, a lot better than the first one. I think that's fair to say. And I would love your feedback uh, if other people felt the same as I did. So please remember to uh, comment on our YouTube page or fa- uh, feel free to tweet at me. Um, this episode, I felt we got to dive a little bit deeper into the world of roadies, which is what I thought was missing from episode one. And a show that is entirely about the backstage process of a stadium caliber band. So this is an insanely successful band, Staten and Staten House. And 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 this uh well-oiled machine that is their backstage crew. And in the first episode, we didn't, I feel, really uh get a fair understanding of what everybody, each of the characters' jobs were on the crew. And uh any sort of inside baseball information into the world of roadies, which if you're like me and you are a huge uh, rock and roll nerd, uh, any glimpse into the, um, you know, that nitty gritty world of the roadies, you really want to, you really want to hear the details about that. Am I wrong? You know, so um, I have to say in this episode, uh, Phil's, uh, I'm sorry, um, Reg's interviews with each of the uh, members of the crew it really helped me kind of understand what they did and what they brought to the table. And I'm really, I'm really happy that they did that in episode two. I suppose they couldn't have done it in episode one because, you know, maybe that's just a little bit too much on the nose expose for a pilot. Um, but I was happy to find out a little bit of information that I was wondering. For example, what is Kellyanne's job on the crew? I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know from the episode one. She just seemed like a random doer. I'm going to move this box over here like the opening of uh, Law and Order. You really just didn't. You saw her moving things and a little bit of randomness. We find out this episode that she was, in fact, a rigger um, in the uh, electrical crew. But she has now been moved to the um, teleprompter. So um, let's start with the fact that uh, in the beginning of the episode, it opens up, and uh, uh, Staten House, Christopher does this thing, kisses his fingers, um, like an Italian chef, 
This episode is called Memphis. I feel like this episode should have been called Fingertips Kiss for as much as they referenced that. I feel like in the first 10 minutes of the episode, how many times did you hear the word fingertips kiss? Um, so it, be, gets to, it gets to be his like signature thing, which is um, pretty uh, understandable. You know, Ozzy has um, eating bats on stage. Every rock star has its signature thing. Um, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, I wouldn't imagine. But uh, apparently the kissing the fingertips thing is uh, something that a lot, it rubs people the wrong way, and it went a little bit viral. And it's the first thing that Bill has to tackle. Um, it was really nice seeing Bill as, uh, he's, he's somebody that you really root for, I feel like, because he is one of the characters that you actually get to see a lot of flaws from him. And I really, I really appreciate that. Um, in this episode, we're kind of, we're missing... Phil. Um, God, Ron White's character was uh, the the diamond in the rough of episode one for me. I mean, I really hope that uh, he's coming back. You know, just the little glimpse of him that we got on the FaceTime was very enjoyable to me. Um, I can't wait to see Ron White again. I hope that he comes back very soon. I hope they find a reason to bring um, Phil back. But so Bill, um, he attempts to do Phil's like morning circle. And it's just kind of meh. It's not going well. And it's sort of an indicator that the rest of the crew is like, Bill's not really, he's not Phil. You know, he's just, he doesn't have the, the confidence and the swagger to really steer this ship. Um, <laughs> and Bill just tells him, he, he explains that he's the Laird Hamilton of rock and roll, which was a reference that I, personally, I had to look up. Laird Hamilton is a surfer, turns out. Um, those are the sort of details that I really want to see more in, in these shows. Um, the reason I love Cameron Crowe is because, A, you know, he's a, he was an editor of Rolling Stone. This, this guy is a, is, a music, is a music dork. Like, he's got great soundtracks in his movies. He's got a lot of great references. And those are details that I've been waiting to hear in, um, in Roadies. This episode was written by uh, Winnie Holtzman, and uh, and she did a great job. But I just want to I want to keep. Oh, please give me more of those details. Like make me look stuff up. Tell me, make an analogy of of some place, and and I have to figure out what that is. Um, that being said, so Bill's opening you know circle to sort of like amp up the tour. They're in Memphis. There's the the finger kiss was uh, closing a show in Little Rock. Episode one was in New Orleans. Now they're in Memphis. Memphis is uh, the music mecca. I can't believe I've actually never been there. But in Morning Circle, Bill talks about uh, Elvis and only Elvis, um, which I felt was strange because, yeah, you can't go to Memphis without stopping by Graceland. But I, you know, personally, I don't, I don't free us. I don't. I don't free associate Memphis to Elvis immediately. I mean, I would free associate Memphis to Sun Records immediately, you know, which includes Elvis, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, you know, all Johnny Carroll, like all of the amazing rockabilly bands that I love. Like I would think Sun Records before I would think Elvis. And I would think a guy like Bill and the crew that have been working in music for so long would also do the same. And, and he doesn't even mention Stax. But he does mention 
um, where is it? Uh, uh, Alex Chilton in the box tops. Um, happy to hear that. That is very obscure. Um, I'm more familiar with uh, Alex Chilton because I'm a fan of Big Star. Um, I enjoyed the reference, but it was it's, it's uh, super crazy to jump from Elvis to these little these little nuggets of Alex Chilton in the box tops, Ernestine and Hazel, uh, which was a restaurant and uh, and the Peabody Hotel. Like, love those, love those nuggets. Throw those in. Um, but just you know, like. As a music fan, I, I want to um, I want to watch a show about music that makes me feel smart and makes me feel like a music fan, so that uh, I'm not watching this show and thinking that the writers don't really uh, have have sort of a reg understanding of music. Um, I'm not saying I'm any sort of like you know, aficionado. Uh, I don't mean to imply that. I'm just saying that, like, the first episode didn't really give me any indication that this was a show for music lovers. Um, this episode made me feel a little bit more like they knew what they were talking about, and I, I just, I want to see more of that, guys. Like, let's let's get obscure. Show me some of those um, Cameron Crow prick, uh, <laughs> uh, Cameron Crow picks for uh, music to to dabble in there. I love that. So this episode was basically uh, sort of Bill finding his ground, right? Like finding his footing and uh, figuring out a way to, you know, steer the ship as well as Phil did. And the crew has these uh, WWPD t-shirts, What Would Phil Do? Um, Those are great. Nobody knows where they came from and nobody knows um, who's the one that started making them and passing them out. But... uh, Sort of a slap in the face for Bill because everybody just sort of misses um, misses the veteran of the crew. Um, let's see. We um, we move into uh, Reg is giving these. Uh, he's having it's a lot like office space when uh, you know the they're bringing in members of of the corporation to say like, so what do you do here? What do you bring to the table? Are you worth keeping on in the crew? Um, it was kind of funny. I wish that they had um, shouted out some sort of a, an office space uh, reference to say, you know, just just to acknowledge how similar it was. But um, I, I kind of liked Reg a lot better in this episode. The first episode, he was a lot. He was vilified. Um, this one, he just seemed a little bit more sympathetic, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so Reg is bringing everyone into his office and sort of asking them, like, what they do, what they bring to the table. Um, super enjoyable scene is when he brings the British guy and has that little moment of, uh, so uh, where are you from? I'm from the north. Um, I think we, I don't know about you guys, but I have known several people in my life, uh, Americans, who just sort of uh, just... Um, give themselves a British accent. So I think a lot of us can relate to the annoyance of, of that person who just sort of takes on, they just decide they're going to be British. Um, so that was really nice to see Ridge call him out on that. He's from New Jersey, according to his W-2. Uh, we all knew that, but it was it was nice to see it um, finally play out like that. Um, Reg calls Wes into his office, Kelly's twin brother, 
And, uh, you know, Wes, we find out that Wes has also been touring with bands for years and years. I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out more about Wes's backstory because he seems to, he, we know that he's a coffee aficionado. We know that he's been touring with bands for just as long as Kelly or maybe even longer. And, uh, and he seems to be great with kids. He seems to so far be the only one who can kind of get a wrangle on Winston and Winston's precociously sexual shenanigans the um dirty sanchez thing on the potato head that was uh <laughs> that was surprising for um uh i mean i guess in the first episode they said that he uh he took a chunk of flesh out of somebody's arm so this kid this kid is not a normal uh, rascal he's not a he's not a little little rascal terror like this kid is uh bad news messing around um but when um, Reg brings um, – now, Donna is kind of my first – my uh, one of my – I'd say behind Ron White, Donna is possibly my second favorite character. Um, Reg brings Donna into his office. She was the only one from the first episode that I understood that she was a sound engineer. One of the things that I also would like for them to give a little nod to, um, Especially because I, I know looking on IMDb, this is a show that has um, a few female writers. Um, from what I understand, being on a, a, a roadie crew, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like uh, if, if you're a female on the crew, you're in the minority, especially if you're a lady who has like one of the technical jobs, like sound engineer. Um, so I, I, I would like to see, I don't know why, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I want to see Donna and or Kelly kind of talk about like, well, no, I'm sorry. Like Donna did here. Like she said, you know, you don't know how many times I've been asked whose girlfriend, which member of the band's girlfriend I am. Like that was great. Um, I was expecting, I was expecting a little bit more of that from the first episode, but maybe, you know, like I think I'm just asking too much too quickly. Like this show seems to like slowly developing the information that I want to hear. So like, I'm glad that there was that little piece of information that came out in Donna's interview, because I want, um, I want Kelly and Donna and maybe even Shelly, any of the female crew members to sort of talk about the uniqueness of, uh, being a, a female, having a, a tech job in, in a, in a, in a music crew, because that's sort of a rare thing. And, um, and can also be, you know, cause a lot of friction. And then to this episode, we find out that Donna and Kelly are really tight buds. Um, that was a strange revelation just because, you know, in the beginning, like, we haven't really seen them even talk to each other. Um, and so now, you know, we find out they're really close buds, which is cool. Um, but, you know, for for the only, like, couple ladies uh, on a crew like this, uh, there's likely to – there's – more realistically likely to be, like, tension between them. But, uh, you know, maybe we will get to that eventually. Um, so let's see. Um, Bill <laughs> Bill mentions his dad in this episode, and uh, we kind of get the impression that Bill has sort of a, um, a sordid past with his father. Uh, that's why we started out this, uh, this recap with Son of a Preacher Man, because uh, the, the line in the song that's like, um, Billy Joe... It's a, a little bit in, indicative of, um, is Bill's dad a preacher man? You know, is that song about him? Um, I think we're going to find out a little bit more of um, Bill's backstory and 
maybe whatever it is that he's always trying to like fulfill whatever it is that he's always trying to um like prove um which is something that you know he's he's going to have to do now for a crew that doesn't quite believe in him that he can fill Phil's shoes um oh <laughs> one little it, it, one little detail that I did enjoy uh and again I'd like to see more of this more music specific but Winston's playing with a balisong knife and they call it out as a balisong knife and a butterfly knife, which it is. And the only reason that I know that is because uh, uh, my boyfriend teaches martial arts and only within the past year have I learned what a balisong knife was. But I I love that little reference in there. So that was fun. Uh, give Keep giving us these details. I love it. I love those things like that. Um, so Bill can't find an opener. Um because uh, the head and the heart, the head and the heart got fed up with Bill, and they um, went to tour with Neil Young in Europe. So Bill has to find a, a replacement opener. This is strange to me that Bill had a heart. Like he's like, who am I going to get to open? You know, they've they've presented us that Staten House is like a an, an arena rock band, like huge band and they can't i mean he he should be able to like snap his fingers and like find an opener like right that seems so strange that that's like a tricky thing that he'd have to do um (laughs) so so he gets phil on the horn and phil refers him uh to rain wolf to come in and open and uh i do love the line when phil says that uh because as we know Phil got fired from the tour, but then went on to he's he's now been hired with Taylor Swift. And he says that uh, this is Taylor Swift's world and we're all just living in it. Love that. That was a beautiful line. I'm not even a huge Taylor Swift fan, but I super appreciate I, I appreciate that Phil, you know, didn't go off to tour with like Neil Young or like with America or like with some, you know, um, uh, Brian Wilson, um, you know, like he's still, he's still always on the, on the cusp of like the hip band. And so he's going to tour with Taylor Swift. I love that. Um, so let's see, we move to, um, Kelly has to be the, um, she's been sort of relegated to be the teleprompter now, which apparently sounds like it's supposed to be some sort of demotion, maybe just because it requires a lot more work. Um, she has to like actually Google the lyrics and stuff like that. So, um, so she's been relegated to do that. I think it was Christopher, uh, or maybe it was one of the other band members that said that he, he was like, don't worry about it. I don't quite yet have stage Heimers. Um, so let's see. So, um, we find out that, um, when Sherry, when Sherry's meeting with Reg, Um, She gives us a little bit of expose on Bill. And so we find out that um, Bill and Christopher have been friends since the eighth grade. Good to know. And uh, Bill started out selling merch. That was a nice little detail, too. Uh, A friend of mine who's been uh, in the touring business for years, she started out doing merch and uh, worked her way up from there. So that was a nice. um, It's nice to see that Bill's made his way up to um, tour manager uh, from merch. And Sherry is production manager. So, again, like, these are questions that I had. We knew that Bill was the tour manager in the first episode, but I didn't know what Sherry was. You know, again, I didn't know what Kelly's job was. So it's – 
I don't know why. Maybe it's just me, but I really needed I needed to know what everybody's job was in this, you know, very intense crew that's uh, a lot like a family. So, um we find out that uh yeah, so Bill and Christopher have been friends for a long time. Um Reg suggests that the band uh put out a boxed set. Um that's uh that's you know, we kind of set up Reg as being this, like, somebody who doesn't quite, you know, he like, he doesn't have the passion for the music that everybody else in this crew has. Um, they, what did they ask him in the first episode? Like, what's on his iTunes playlist? And he was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, Queen and some other stuff. And they were just, like, rolled their eyes at that. But, so we kind of get the impression that Reg is not really a music fan. He's more of the business guy. And he suggests that the band uh, puts out a boxed set, and I feel like that was something that was sort of, again, just like, oh, we're in it for the music, man. I, I think nowadays that that's a lot more, like, the, like ultimately the reality of this uh, tour manager and the crew and everybody would be to make money. I mean, that's the goal of, uh, that's the realistic goal of any band touring today. I cannot believe that a band that's playing stadiums would not already have a box set out. So um, that was a little strange to me. Um, So then we see um, Kelly. She goes to try to find a a quiet place to like um, program to um, program the teleprompter. And so she goes into one of the um, one of the vans and Reg is in there, too. I feel like we've already they're they're like slowly setting up a uh, a relationship between Kelly and Reg. Um, I like that it's it's like in its infancy infancy. We don't quite like know you know where it's going or anything like that. But like I like that uh, I like that they've got that going so far. Um, so we just see a little bit more of their like relationship sort of getting a little bit more comfortable with each other. Uh, I don't know where they're going to go with this, but I can see, you know, since Kelly has been sort of set up as our protagonist, you know she's got to have a love interest. And so far, even though it's not very strong, I don't really know who her love interest would be besides Phil. Or I'm sorry, besides uh, Reg. So I guess they're going to like very slowly build up this love interest. Um. Then let's see. Uh, let's see in the in the truck. Reg lets it be known to Kelly that he's the one that made the T-shirts. Um, he did it because he felt that it was best for. Uh, I didn't write the line down, but he said something like, "This is you know, it, it, it's it's important to keep a crew um, like hungry for you know." what they see is, is the correct leadership or something like that. Um, so he made the t-shirts and that was, that was a fun surprise. Um, so the whole time, uh, Bill doesn't want to directly ask Phil, you know, what, what he did with Christopher on their walk to the stage, but he, he keeps alluding to the fact that he needs to figure out how to walk to the stage uh, with the band, because he doesn't really know how to do it. Um, so then uh, it's just it's just time to go, and he's just run out of time, and the band has to take the stage. And uh, Bill just says to Christopher, like, if it's okay with you, we're just going to walk in silence. 
And Bill's and uh, Christopher's like, yeah, cool. Just how we did it with Phil. So I guess it's sort of an indicator that like Bill is as good as Phil and he's doing what he's supposed to do. He just needs to have a little bit more confidence in himself um, is what it seems to um, is what that seems to mean. They also uh, a couple a couple lines hinted to some tension between Christopher and Tom in the band. Um, they mentioned they mentioned a couple. Uh, oh, when when Bill says you know he finally tells Christopher to not do. I think it was that. I think it was when uh, Bill tells Christopher to not do the kissing the fingertips thing, and he says, "Is that something that bothered Tom, or did Tom tell you to say that?" Uh, I just watched the episode, so. Um, I, I might not have written down certain lines, but um, we get little indications like that, that uh, there's a little bit of friction between Christopher and Tom. So I am for certain that that is uh, something that we're going to see played out in the next few episodes. Let's see. What else can we go over? Uh, we find out that, uh, let's see, Milo accused the head in the hand of um, drawing the dirty Sanchez on on uh, Rick's potato heads. Um, I, we, you know, we find out that it's Winston, the kid that did it, but in the very beginning, he says that it was drawn on with brown, it was from brown crayon. So I don't know why they wouldn't know that it was Winston like right away. Um, you know, who's most likely to have brown crayon and also be crazy enough to do something like that. Um, probably just the kid. Uh, we find out that, uh, yeah, we talked about Donnie, Donna and Kelly, our pals. I want to find out more about Donna. We know that she and her partner are having a baby. Um, she seems like a cool chick. She's a sound engineer. I want to know, uh, I want to see more Donna, more Donna. So, um, Bill convinces Christopher. He says, um, you know, it's not going over well on social media. You got to nix the finger kiss thing. Christopher's like, no problem, dude. I'll do what you say. So Christopher at least shows Bill some respect. So that's um, promising. I think Bill takes a lot of, um, gets a little bit of confidence in that. But um, so what happens? He goes out on stage and uh, as the show's starting, everybody in the audience looking like chefs, they're all kissing their fingers. And so, of course, Christopher has to do it too. So they didn't uh, end up nixing the fingertips thing. But I think that this was a decent um, uh, sort of development of Bill sort of finding his own footing, um, sort of, you know, figuring out that he is the boss and taking the reins from Phil and just really, you know, stepping up. And that was really nice to see. But it was also nice to see Bill... I, I like his character because of the fact that he's not, you know, um, they do try to paint Reg as this, like, um, what was it? He has, like, a Fendi backpack and another thing that everybody really, everything about Reg, the crew seems to roll their eyes at. But Bill, uh, he kind of, um, in the in the scene where he's, like, cleaning or uh, trying to fix the plumbing issue in Christopher's bathroom, like, I love a tour manager that still gets down and dirty and doesn't make somebody else, you know, do the dirty work. That's really nice. 
maybe that's why he's not ever going to be, you know, maybe we're never going to see him actually like step up and fully take the reins and just become, you know, like uh, as a hot shot as Phil was, you know, maybe it is because he's willing to, you know, get down on his knees and fix a plumbing problem with the WWPD uh, shirts. So that was kind of uh, poetic, sort of passing passing the torch from Phil to Bill. What's with the? <laughs> is it purposeful that their names are uh, Kelly, Shelley, Bill, Phil? Um, it's like a Dr. Seuss uh, had a hand in the in the writing of this this television show. Um, so, folks, because it is just me taking the reins by myself tonight, we are uh, going to keep this episode recap short and sweet. But I will maybe make a few predictions of my own. Um, I would say that we are going to see Love Blossom between Kelly and Reg, and she's probably going to um, be the one that that keeps him from being booted out too quickly. I feel like it's going to be because of Kelly that Reg ends up staying in the picture. Um, let's see. I can also, I mean, obviously... <laughs> We know they've been building up this uh, this romance between um, Bill and Shelley, almost to an annoying degree. Like I, it's it's they're really hitting us over the head with the sexual tension between Bill and and Shelley. Um, you know, personally, I think I would rather not see that come to fruition because, like, it's just I feel like I've just been beaten over the head with it, like. Bill and Shelly, they secretly love each other, but for some reason, she's been married. He sleeps around with these 20-year-old, 19-year-old girls, which really irks Shelly. Like, just maybe just keep it. I don't know if, if they're going to get together on the last episode of this season, but, like, I kind of don't want to see that happen. It's just too on the nose. It's too on the nose. Um we don't, we don't need, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't need Bill and Shelly to be my Ross and Rachel. I really don't need that. I don't know about you. Let me know. Comment, uh, comment on YouTube. Let me know what you think. Uh, let's see. Anything else that I want to mention before we wrap up this episode? Um, oh, we, we, the, the, nickname thing keeps coming back you know uh kelly is just so annoyed at the fact that she never got a nickname and reg already has a nickname double d so whatever this nickname thing means um uh, i guess it we're just gonna keep seeing little indications that kelly never quite feels like she's a hundred percent accepted by the rest of the crew. I really don't know why. Like Kelly, se- like this crew seems to get along swimmingly. It, it, this this crew gets along way better than I would imagine uh, a roadie's crew realistically would get along. Like I feel like most of the time they barely even talk to each other. A lot of them, you know, there's way more arguing. Um, you know, you get you you have work fights no matter whether you're working a roadie's crew or if you're you know working in an office or if you're working at a Kinko's, wherever you are, you like get in fights with the people that you're working with. Everybody on on this crew just loves each other. Um, 
waiting for, you know, to see a little bit more realistic um, interpretations of what it might be like working on a roadie's crew. So that's uh, Tamara Brown's recap of episode two of Roadies from Showtime. So I think we're going to wrap it up there, ladies and gentlemen. So do me a favor. Follow me on Twitter at Brown Tamara. Follow me on Instagram at Tamara underscore blue. And uh, let me know if you agree or disagree and uh, what you might want to see in the next episode of Roadies. So we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 